Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. Survivor 46 is here and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast. And we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcast. And now, speaking of an off-schedule move, I scheduled this guy. I forgot I, I forgot I scheduled him. Oops. But he's here right now, and I see him giggling in the background. Please welcome Dimitri Ramanos. What's up, man? Oh, very nice accent works now. <laughs> <laughs> How are you? I am well. How are you, my friend? I am good, man. Just, uh, you know, trying to get from one day to the next as we head towards the draft. The, this draft is going to be sick and crazy because of four to five names available at the key position, which is quarterback. And I just got done talking with Matt Taylor about it from, from the Colts. I mean, who do you think goes first? Is it Stroud? Is it young? Is it someone? You're, you're a fool not to take Bryce young. Number one, right. I mean, now understand that for people watching the video feed, uh, which one is it? It's that one right there. Yep. But- yep. It's that one. Is my not yeah. that one. That one. There we go. That's how my heart works. <laughs> is the diploma from the University of Alabama. So understand, I'm a tad you're, biased here. You're, but you're, you're a you're a bit you're a bit biased. Roll tide, yeah. right? <laughs> Roll tide, indeed. I I do think that in a pro strength program, mm-hmm. uh, you can. I mean, I, look, you're not going to do anything about the guy's height, but we've seen that height is not the killer that we used to think it was. In a pro strength program, that guy can put on more weight. I don't think you can teach his kind of poise, though. I think the the level of presence he has on the field with the ball in his hand is something otherworldly. I mean, he's so methodical about what he wants to do that sometimes he can get in his own way. But I would rather have that level of operator than risk something like a Will Levis or yep. even an Anthony Richardson to a certain extent, um, who relies so much on their athleticism, be it with their legs or their arms, that they end up making terrible decisions. Yeah. Hendon Hooker, where do you see him going and whom do you see him going to? I who I see him going to, I mean, to me, that's hard to say until we get to draft night and see who panics. I, I don't believe he's a first-round quarterback, but I don't believe that is going to stop a team. And I'll just use an example of a team who's picking near the back of the first round. I don't know that that necessarily stops a team like Minnesota if they really feel like they need uh, to get a quarterback. Or here's another one. I don't know that it stops Seattle if Seattle gets a more pressing need at number five and then can play around a bit at – at number 20, because with Geno Smith in the mix, with him under contract, you can let a guy like Hooker 
sit for a year, understand what he has to change, and also make sure that ACL is healthy. Yeah, and I want to see what Hooker does because 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 of that injury, we didn't get a chance to see him perform for for the for the for the rest of the season and there was so much on the table especially after the big win against your crimson tide in knoxville tennessee that sent the entire state of tennessee upside down but in terms of of hooker's health like you said you want him to be completely healthy you don't know who's going to like you said panic and Mm -hmm. take a chance take a chance on hooker is it seattle is it minnesota for that matter, is it the Chicago Bears at nine to try to draft someone to, to get behind to get behind Justin Fields? I mean, they're pushing all their chips to the table on Justin Fields, but at the same time, there's a niggling concern in Chicago about who's backing him up. Well, I, I understand that if you use your ninth pick to figure out who's backing up your quarterback, you probably are losing your job the next day, would be my guess. I think at number right. nine. They should have, if not their pick of every uh, tackle on the board. Certainly, I think there are three dudes, maybe four if you add Darnell Wright from Tennessee in there, that people kind of think are at the very top of this class. And and I see them having their pick of at least three of them of that group at number mm-hmm. nine. Mm-hmm. And, and by the way, who's to say they stay at number nine? I would guess if, uh, you know, let's say um, – I don't know. Let's say Houston does this wacky thing where they are, in fact, going to take Will Anderson uh, with the number two pick, and then they want to move back up to get a quarterback. Who's to say at number 12 you are not necessarily satisfied with whichever of those tackles is left? I mean, I I think that – I don't know. I'm not in love with Darnell right the way some people are. Um, I also don't know that I'm super in love with anybody in this class. I like, uh, mm-hmm. I like Roderick Jones out of Georgia, but I don't know that I look at him, um, you know, the way we looked at that class that came out, what was it two years ago? Right. Uh, with, uh, Slater and um, with, with, Sean, with Sean Slater and Panay Sewell. Out yeah, of Panay Sewell yeah. Thank you. Yeah. I, so I, I don't know that I look at anybody and say, Oh, you've got your left tackle tomorrow. If you draft that kid. Mm-hmm. Man, a week from tomorrow, the NFL draft. Put your questions in the chat if you have any any for my good friend Dimitri Ravanos of Barrett Sports Media. I'll repeat I'll repeat a question that uh, I posed to Matt Taylor when we were talking Colts. If Stroud is there at number four, do the Colts take him? Yeah, I mean, I, I think that there are two. Um, I think that he and Bryce Young clearly are the two best quarterbacks in this draft. If you let Stroud get down to four. I know that there are a lot of people making the argument that the Colts are in a position where they really could gamble on Anthony Richardson. They are in the position where with Gardner Minshew, you could let Richardson have the full year, if not the majority of the year, to kind of get up to NFL speed. But if you don't have to do that, I don't understand why you would. If C.J. Stroud is sitting there, that's a no-brainer. And honestly, if C.J. Stroud is sitting there at three and I'm the Arizona Cardinals, I am waiting till the very last minute uh, to make sure nobody wants to offer me a hole to get that pick. Right. And so many trades can happen at once with any and everybody, especially in the first round, which is why part of the reason why the first round was moved to Thursday night. So all the wheeling and dealing can be center stage, which what is a team in the first round that can pull an absolute surprise? 
Oh, that's a good question. I mean, I, I am interested in so so my answer is sort of like a halfway there kind of thing because I am interested in just how satisfied the Buccaneers are with their quarterback situation. That mm-hmm. being said, you know, the Buccaneers made it very clear. They are one of the few teams I believe knew they were not in on Lamar Jackson because they are in such cap hell right now. So I don't yeah. know yeah. that they necessarily could afford to make a big move to sort of shake up the draft. I, again, I go back to Minnesota. How committed are they uh, to somebody like Kirk Cousins in that spot? I also think Pittsburgh is a possibility, not because of uh, their need of a quarterback, but because they are kind of in the middle of over, not overhauling is the wrong word. Overhaul implies it's a much bigger project, but they are yeah. in the middle of trying to get this defense younger. There are a lot of talented edge rushers at the top and then there's a big fall off to that next tier of guys so would they be a team that might want to uh get into the top 10 whether it's to get a miles murphy or a tyree wilson or somebody like that right oh so many so many questions very few answers and we won't get all the answers until next thursday night in in kansas city let's look at some of the let's look at one of the deals that that took place you want to talk about a team defensively that was hellacious to deal with, Up uh, first of all. They get even more hellacious when the 49ers snatch Javon Hargrave from Philadelphia and they give him a, a four-year deal. This is a, situ- a situation, and someone said it to me, and it's completely true, the rich get richer, especially on defense. Yeah, I mean, look, the NFC West had three teams, uh, and now, weirdly, they have it's weird, right? Like going into last season, they had the Rams, the 49ers, and the Cardinals that were all going for it. And right. now I think they have the 49ers and the Seahawks that are going for it and looking at the Rams as sort of that cautionary tale, right? It hasn't right. changed the 49ers' mindset. They are still willing to deal those early picks in order to bring in the stars and strengthen the overall strength of their mm-hmm. team. I know that's a, that, that's kind of a word salad there, but I don't yeah. think it's lost on Kyle Shanahan that the quarterback situation is not getting any better right no. now. And besides he's got decent weapon, whoever the starting quarterback is going to be, will have decent weapons around him to cover up his shortcomings. If you can turn that defense into a juggernaut though, that's sort of the point of differentiation around the league too. That is what yeah. is tougher to deal with than spreading yeah. it out and throwing the ball all over the place. And and the Niners are based on a run game anyway. Hello, welcome right. Christian. Welcome for Christian McCaffrey. The, yeah, they were. I'll, He'll I, have four I, great games before he's out for the season. Don't say that aloud. <laughs> he had eight of I them. Mean, I'm just going based on history. I know, I know, and and that history is that history is indeed there. But I think they'll use him and treat him better in Frisco than they did in Carolina because there's actually an offensive line there that will help make holes for him. There's actually different weapons that McCaffrey can run behind or throw to hello, Brandon Nayuk against the Los Angeles Rams. There's just so much more there for Christian McCaffrey than there was in Carolina. No, listen, Carolina has a long history of drafting a really special guy for their backfield and doing nothing to uh, keep him in one piece, you know? (laughs) Yes. Now, uh, uh, Jonathan Stewart, anyone? 
Jonathan Stewart. Sam Newton. Yeah, listen, <laughs> as a as a Bama grad, I've been telling everybody here in North Carolina that my ultimate fear is the Panthers draft and then ruin my sweet tiny prince, that he's just not going to hold up behind whatever excuse for an offensive line they're going to roll out next year. Porous, it's the most porous offensive line in the NFL. It's the most yeah, and, and, besides the Bears who who traded picks, figure right. that out. And they both need the same thing, an offensive line. Yeah, I mean, and the, and the other part, too, is, you know, there are moments in every team's history that you go, oh, that's that team's identity in right. a nutshell. I mean, Super Bowl 50, blindside, you know, on skates going backwards, not even planting his feet as, uh, right. as Vaughn Miller just rocked unimpeded to uh, Vaughn Miller, to Miller said Vaughn Miller said one word, launch! <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. Exactly. I mean, that's that's a franchise that, look, David Tepper obviously wants to make a splash with quarterback. And he has tried and failed every single year. Every time. He has, every single yeah, time. But, but here's the thing. I don't know that he's picking the wrong quarterback. I think the situation is that bad for a quarterback. It is. It, it is. I mean, why are you going to put Bryce Young or CJ Stroud behind that line. Because exactly. If behind that porous of a line, then they're going to use their legs more than they use their arm. Hello, Josh Allen. And no running game to lean on because you traded your best player, Christian McCaffrey, you know, and you traded him to a team that A was already rich with a running game. Elijah Mitchell out of uh, Louisiana, uh, Debo Samuel from wide receiver to backfield and back again. Now you hand, they, they basically handed the 49ers Christian McCaffrey. As about, and you traded him to a team that could not give you a first round pick back. They couldn't give you a first they, round pick. That they, they, they desperately needed. I mean, I, um, you know, I, I thought when they landed at number nine, when they started racking up those meaningless wins uh, mm-hmm. and, and clearly were out of the top spot contingent without a trade. I thought that, you know what, maybe this isn't such a bad thing. You build up the line. You you know, uh, apologies to uh, any Matt Corral supporters out there, but you let him be the sacrificial lamb while you're building that offensive line. Now you build on the line, and, yep. And now, ooh, yeah, now you're, now you're betting that you've at least got enough figured out to put your franchise quarterback back there. I, I mean, boy, I – this is shades of not Derek, but David Carr all over again for whoever that time. <laughs> ah, David Carr, my goodness! I mean, no one I mean, has ever been more acquainted with no, him. no. <laughs> I mean, whether it be astral turf, natural grass, or the beginnings of field turf, because remember right. that year, oh two, is when you know teams started switching to field turf, wondering what, wondering what it was. I've never seen a quarterback have more tire shavings come out of his pants. Than yeah. I've had, I've seen with David Carr, yeah, and, I mean, that, and, that, and Derek ain't doing that good either. <laughs> no, and, and listen, I, I don't know because the NFL has not expanded since that first year of the Texans. But I think just like when the NHL expanded into Vegas and they realized, hey, we can't wait forever for a new market to be competitive. If we're going to build right. the fan base, they have to be good. I would think the NFL, excuse me, NFL, whenever they are ready to expand again, are going to look at what happened in the early years of the Texans and go, we've got to figure out a way to make mm-hmm. this team at least competent in year one because we cannot do that to another number one overall pick. <laughs> 
I love that phrase. At least competent. And it's so true. Yes. Listen, the Texans make their debut on ESPN Sunday Night Football. They score a win 19 to 10 over the Dallas Cowboys. But then the rest of that season, they got obliterated. Yeah, I think all we learned from that game was how bad the Cowboys were that year. (laughs) (laughs) The rest of that season, and my partner Cole Johnson, who hosts Snowman in the Morning with me, can tell you firsthand how horrible that team was. But it's an expansion team. You didn't think it would stretch all the way into the now where they're looking at either C.J. Stroud or Bryce Young and they and, and putting them the same with the Bears and the same with the Carolina Panthers, putting them behind an offensive line that's no better than Swiss cheese right now. Yeah, I mean, listen, I, I think they have a, an advantage over both the Bears and the Panthers in the sense that neither of those teams have Laramie Tunkle. Um, True. You know, that, that, is, that is some real protection for whoever your quarterback is going to be, but it doesn't help your run game. Uh, And if you don't have a competent run game, it doesn't matter how good the protection is for your quarterback. It's just there's no threat. And and it's making your quarterback run for his life. Justin Herbert, hello. Yeah. All right. Justin Herbert of the, and I know I'm saying this wrong, I'm saying it wrong with a purpose, San Diego Chargers. Mm. All right. (laughs) Don't don't forget our history. (laughs) Listen, he, folks, Y'all know how I feel. Don't don't forget our don't forget our history. When I was when I was growing up, it was this that would get me going. I didn't even like the Chargers, but this song made you ready for an NBC broadcast of the San Diego Chargers, did it not? This is the San Diego Superchargers song, correct? Yes. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> It's like, you know, here in, uh, I, I live in Raleigh where the Carolina Hurricanes are. And the, uh, and understand, I am not a hockey fan at all. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. But when they got the rights to start using the uh, Whalers logos again, including Brass Bonanza, the song, there was a certain part of me that was like, eh, maybe I could pretend this is an enjoyable sport for a little bit. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and yes, they they use brass bonanza for the Carol for the Carolina Hurricanes. I couldn't believe it, it when I heard them play it. <laughs> yeah, to, to people that are listening, like it's a song you've heard it. You just don't realize you've heard it. It's yes. it's a yes. it's exactly what the name sounds like. It's a brass bonanza. And it it's starts out bonanza. with Yeah. Also when I also when I'm grown when I was growing up. I got introduced to the Hogs. I got introduced to John Riggins. I got introduced to Art Monk, Joe Theismann, and I heard this song. I'm going to be honest with you. So I'm, I'm a little bit younger than you. So I did not know Hail to the Redskins was a song. I thought it was just a chant. Oh, man. No, it was a song. It was a tradition. Man, 
that's that's what I grew up with. Dimitri Robino is joining me here on this Wednesday edition of the Brian Snow Show, talking all things NFL draft and taking a stroll down memory lane. Thank you, my <laughs> brother. I appreciate yeah. you coming on so much. Yeah, happy to do it. Thanks, Brian. Dimitri Ravanos, a very, very dear friend, joining me. We got to go. I got to get out of here because I still have a few things to do. Have a great afternoon, everybody. I love you, and I will see y'all tomorrow. Thank you for tuning into The Brian Snow Show where sports is the base, life and fun are the results. Yeah.